Welcome to this week's edition of Ocean Allison, where I bring you the best in ocean science, education, and conservation through conversations with people who are creating positive change for the ocean. This week's Ocean Advocate is Rob Machado. Rob is a world-renowned professional surfing icon with a deep commitment to ocean stewardship. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. For our listeners, beyond knowing Rob's name, obviously, because he is a surfing legend, I had the opportunity to meet Rob recently at one of his beach cleanups hosted by Rob Machado and the Rob Machado Foundation. And it was great to meet, and I asked him if he'd like to be on the podcast, and here we are. So definitely happy to have him on the show. Rob, I want to start off by asking you a question about surfing, because obviously that is what you have dedicated most of your life to and what you are very widely known for. How does surfing make you feel connected to the ocean and the environment? Oh, wow. Well, surfing is its probably the most pure activity you could do. I honestly don't know. Any other sport, if you even want to call serving a sport, I guess it is. But I don't see anything else that anyone's doing where you're you're connecting with Mother Nature the way that surfing does. You know, I mean, waves are traveling across oceans. It's this moving energy that you're on your little beach waiting for it to arrive. And it's like a little gift that's being sent. And there's no rules. There's no lines that you got to, it's not in or out. or There's no one really fighting against you. Well, unless you're out on at trestles at a crowded day, but for the most part, it's it's a pretty beautiful, peaceful existence being out in the ocean. You've obviously been a part of the surf industry, surf culture for pretty much your whole life. Have you seen surf culture change over the years in regards to ocean stewardship? I definitely have. I've uh, you know when I was in high school, it was like a hundred years ago. No, it was 1990, <laughs> 1991. We were one of the first classes, uh, surf PE classes right here at Cardiff. We started doing water testing. And uh, that was kind of unheard of at the time. Surf Rider was, it was fairly a new organization. And, you know, as a class, we would take these little, these little bottles, these little plastic bottles, and we would test the water in front of the lagoon down the beach, in the lagoon, just to um, start gather, gathering data, which was really cool to be a part of, you know, the first class early on. And then to watch that program, I think, grow and, and just the awareness, you know. I mean, I think what was really cool was seeing the test results come back and it was like, oh, my gosh, like the water in the lagoon is really, really bad. And just on the other side of the sandbar, at that time it was closed, the water was still below, the, the levels were below satisfactory for, for usage. But as you kind of got down the beach, it, it, the levels started to come up and get better for humans to participate in water activities. But it was just cool to be a part of a program that I think is, was really just the beginning of like kind of bringing awareness to like, hey, there is a problem. Our lagoons and all of our, our water sources that are pouring into the ocean aren't as good as they could be and they need to be protected and taken care of and looked after and 
So that was pretty cool. And I think from that, I mean, Surfrider, I mean, I can't even begin to name how many organizations, you know, save the waves, heal the bay. I mean, it goes on and on, the work that Patagonia is doing. I mean, it's over the last 25, 30 years, there's been a lot of people getting involved in protecting, whether it's their local environments or it's protecting the oceans on a, on a worldwide level. So it's, it's been amazing to see and to be a part of and to help out any way I can. And in regards to kind of the professional surfing arena, have you seen any shifts in ocean stewardship in that realm? Yeah, I believe, you know, now that it's shifted over from the ASP and it's crossed into what we now call the WSL, they had a big influx of money and organization, and they're just trying to take it a lot more serious and be a lot more professional. And in doing that, there's a responsibility. You know, they understand that they can't just go to these beaches and take, 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 you know, have their surf contests and bring the pros. And a lot of that started with some of the Hurley events, the Hurley events that I, I was a part of. We can talk about the Hurley Pro at Trestles. That was the first event that they made plastic-free. No plastic bottles on the beach. They had refill stations. That was a pretty big step. You know, it's a small step, but it was a it was a big step for surf contests because I mean, what's the most obvious thing? Oh, we need water on the beach. It's like, oh, just bring down a bunch of cases of that those plastic water bottles and we'll, you know, either pass them out or sell them. So it was cool to be a part of that event. And, and I think now it's just, I think every event has gone, oh, wow, they did it. So we should do that too. And, and I think the WSL now is kind of taking on that responsibility of when they go to, the, to a beach and have their event, I think the common idea is to leave the beach better than you found it. And along the way, helping out organizations, local organizations that are maybe doing some activism in the area, I think it's the right thing to do. So you've gone on to start your own organization called the Rob Machado Foundation. What inspired you to start that? Well, it was in about 2004. At that point, I stopped competing full-time on the world tour. I was spending a lot more time at home which really helped me open my eyes to the needs around this area. I also had children at that time. Uh, my daughter was starting to go to school. I started going back to places that I hadn't been. You know, I hadn't been to an elementary school in years and years. So to go into these places and realize, like, oh, wow, the school doesn't recycle? That's really strange. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't they do that? You know, and, and it just kind of opened my eyes that there was a need and I was kind of in the perfect place being you know I wouldn't call it an ex-pro surfer but an ex-traveling pro surfer <laughs> turning into more of a free surfer I had more time the timing was just right really and it kind of was just the perfect scenario just to start a foundation at that point too I, I saw a need and I felt like I could get in there and help that fulfill that need and so what are some of the main efforts of the Rob Machado Foundation? Well, we started off, I mean, we've done multiple recycling programs where 
my elementary school that I went to when I was a kid, we went there and realized that they had no recycling, which was baffling. They were filling up, I believe it was like eight 50-gallon trash cans every day full of trash. And so once we came in and implemented our recycling program, it was this cool little cart and we had the kids decorate it with all the different signs so they could be a part of it. It wasn't this like foreign object to them. And it was a learning process along the way, like, okay, you know, plastics here, cardboard here, you could compost here, and it, and you lay it all out. And it was, it was amazing, the results. Um, you know, they went from eight trash cans of trash down to two, and everything else was being recycled. So that was super cool. The other need we saw was at all these sporting fields. You know, every weekend there's soccer games and baseball games. And, and what do kids do when they go to games? They bring, unfortunately, a lot of kids are bringing their plastic water bottles or or coaches or teams have them. And so these trash cans are just overflowing with plastics and all kinds of stuff. So we started putting recycling trash cans at these at sporting fields, which was really cool. We also, we started a gardening project at a, a couple schools, which has been really cool to see, you know, the kids getting out there and growing things and getting involved in the whole gardening process. And I had a mom come up to me and, and thank me. And she's like, oh, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Like, you're responsible for my child eating salad. And I was like, really? Like, what do you mean? And she said, my kid would never, ever touch anything green. And when he went into Cardiff Elementary School, he was part of the gardening group and he went out there and he grew his own lettuce. And he was so proud of it when he harvested it. He brought it home in a little Ziploc bag and and he said, Mom, I want to make a salad. And And she was like kind of in shock, like, you want to make a salad? Okay. And so they made a salad together and he ate his lettuce because he was like so proud. That's awesome. So there's stuff like that. Um, what else? We've we are currently our big push right now is to put water back in schools. There's a big need. I think you go to a lot of these schools and there's no good drinking water for for the kids at a lot of schools. And a lot of the high schools nowadays are selling bottled water, which I think is pretty crazy. So we've been installing these refill stations in a lot of the high schools here in North County. I think we've done over 20, we're somewhere in between 20 and 30 now. And it's like we can't even keep up with the request. You know, we just go in and put two or three refill stations in, in key areas, whether it's by the cafeteria or by a gymnasium. And, you know, the, the response is amazing. And with the goal is really just to inspire the kids to eliminate plastic water bottles from their campus. At one point, it'd be great to hear the kids like go to the cafeteria and say, hey, we don't want you to sell water in plastic bottles anymore and eliminate it completely. That would be kind of cool. So we have the water program. We've been doing beach cleanups. That's kind of a new program. I mean, we started them off once a month, and now coming into the summer, we're going to be doing them more frequently. That's where I bumped into you. We had an amazing group of kids and volunteers come down to Cardiff and we just walk the beach and pick up trash and it's amazing what you can find even when the beach looks really clean so 
that and we also we installed some trash cans here at the local beaches down at Seaside and Carter Freve. Uh, there was just a need. The old trash cans were were old and rusted, and they were very exposed to the elements. And the elements, I mean, the seagulls. So <laughs> a lot of people go down to the beach and sit there and eat their lunch and throw whatever's left in the trash can. And the seagulls are like, "Ooh, yeah, a little snack," and pull these bags or whatever out of the trash can and then they rip them apart and the wind's blowing so that it's just shredded trash gets just blown through the parking lot and so we kind of designed these trash cans with kind of this lid on it that doesn't let the seagulls get in which has been really successful two things i think are so great about what the rob machado foundation is doing is one you know all the things that you're doing at at local schools you're helping the ocean and the environment in so many ways, not necessarily at the exact location, but at the sources where, you know, much of the pollution is coming from as well as where you can educate these young minds. So that's super awesome. And then at your beach cleanup, there was such a diversity of age and a lot of people and everybody was seemingly really happy to be a part of it. So it's cool that you're helping the ocean both at the source, you know, directly on the beach, but also in schools and community places away from the beach because, you know, that waste ends up in the ocean too. So it's really cool that you're kind of attacking it from both angles. Thanks. Have there been any other organizations or companies that you've collaborated with or been inspired by, you know, with the Rob Machado Foundation and trying to do these initiatives? Uh, yeah. You know what? I think one guy who's inspired me a lot is Jack Johnson. He has the Kakua Foundation in Hawaii. And I've been friends with Jack for a really long time, since like the 90s, maybe the 80s, late 80s. <laughs> so it's cool. We've, uh, you know, obviously his career path has gone crazy in the music industry but what he's done and the way he's done it and went about it uh, it's been really cool to see and how he's given he gives back and you know just the way he runs his events very environmentally aware there's a lot of awareness there he always is in tune with the local groups that are activists in the area or people that are protecting that area he has at his concerts and you know, they can have booths and provide information for people. So, yeah, the Kakua Foundation, they do a lot of similar projects to what we do. I know they have gardening programs and recycling programs, and it's cool. I'm super inspired by what they do, and, and Jack does it on a, on a bigger level. He's he's super famous, and <laughs> it's cool. He has a really big reach, but it's really cool to see someone like that with, with that much reach and that much attention and a spotlight on him to – take the spotlight off himself and shine it on, you know, these environmental issues. Yeah, definitely. And I think the same can also be said for you. So in seeing that the surfing industry and culture has been on this path of becoming more aware of environmental problems and trying to be better ocean stewards, have you seen any products or trends in equipment, stuff like that, within the surfing industry that you think are really could be really impactful for helping the ocean? Oh, for sure. I mean, 
I've been pushing the companies that I work with for years now to try and just be more aware, more conscious of the products that they're making. And, you know, if there's a way to incorporate a little bit less impact on the environment, let's explore it. You know, I think we have companies like Patagonia is doing a great job with what they're doing. There's a company called Bureo. They're making skateboards out of recycled fishing nets. And uh, super cool guys and just an awesome product. You know, these cool little cruiser skateboards. You know, the guys up at Hurley, they don't really fly the flag. They don't, I mean, they don't really speak too much about of it. But all of their board shorts are made out of recycled fabric, plastic water bottles. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So... Yeah, I feel like they should advertise that more. I know. Well, it's it's kind of one of those things. I think Billabong does the same thing, and they really jumped on the whole marketing side of it, and they didn't want to be like kind of following in their footsteps. But it's on. If you look at all their tags, it's it's on their board charts. I'm looking at one right now, and you know, it's it's got the re- little bottle recycled sign. And they were actually going to fly me to check out their facility where they do all the recycling of the the water bottles, but. That's pretty cool. Um, I worked with Dragon in making a recycled sunglass. So the frame was made out of recycled plastics. That was pretty cool. I know Reef is working with different uh, vendors and using different recycled EVAs and different products in that in that world. Surfboards has definitely grown. I mean, <clears throat> up until Clark Foam went out of business, surfboards were pretty much like prehistoric you know we were using the same technology that was created probably in the late 50s you know foam core with fiberglass and resin on the outside and it's still being used today but I think what what has changed since Clark went out of business is there's a lot of different options available now we have a friend of mine from arctic foam just dropped off a blank yesterday made out of algae you know and it it looks great it looks amazing, you know, and I, there's a lot of guys using polonia wood on surfboards. There's, um, there's a lot of eco resins available. The guys at Entropy resins are doing some bio super sap resins. So I think, I think the surf world is, is definitely pushing in a positive direction. I think that's the, the want is there. I think surfers are very environmentally connected people. And I think if the product is available, that people are going to go that route. As long as they're not sacrificing too much, you know, as long as the performance level is there or whatever it is, you know, you obviously don't want to buy something that's going to be terrible. But (laughs) if they can, like everything I just touched on, I mean, everything is up to standard with anything that already existed before. But now it's just more environmentally friendly. So it's really cool that it's going in that direction. Yeah, definitely. The algae board definitely have to let me and and everyone know how that goes if if you're able to ride that board and what the performance is like cuz I've I've seen a few different companies starting to do that and that to me is just so cool sounding. So uh that's that's really cool that you're going to get to ride an algae made board soon. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um I literally <laughs> just got the blank yesterday and um I'm excited. I've been talking to the guy for a few months now, and and it's cool to actually get one. And 
you know, we'll glass it up with the super sap resin, I'm sure, and and uh, see how she goes. Cool. So uh, one last question for you. Like you said earlier about Jack Johnson having this amazing platform to speak out about environmental stewardship and ocean stewardship, things like that. You also, you know, very large name in surfing and what you're doing with the Rob Machado Foundation is definitely speaking to surfers, I think, all over the world. So my last question for you would be, uh, what advice do you have for surfers? Right now, there are estimates, it's pretty wide range, but an estimate of between 5 million and 23 million surfers in the world. That's a really large part of our, our world population. So what advice do you have for those 5 to 23 million surfers in regards to doing their part to help the ocean? That's a huge gap. Five, yeah, I know. Five to twenty-three million. That's they can't like they can't narrow that down a little bit. I don't know if that's like <laughs> you know twenty-three millions, including everybody that's ridden a foam board, or you know. Oh, I, right, right. People that have maybe surfed once and that aren't really avid surfers. Yeah, so somewhere between that range. I mean, you know, even five million people's a big audience. So, yeah. what advice do you have for them? My advice. Get involved. Get out there and participate. My theory has always been like the ocean has always given so much to me that the least I could do is try to kind of repay that and give back, whether it's through a beach cleanup or participating in any type of gathering that's going to do something positive towards the ocean. You know, and it doesn't have to be at the beach like we were talking about before. You know, you could be working out of school trying to eliminate plastics and helping recycle so that the plastics don't end up in the ocean and things like that. But, you know, it could be as simple as, I know there's a Instagram account called, I think it's called take three. Yeah. Take three for the sea. Yeah. And it's just simple concept. When you go down to the beach, pick up trash. It's not that hard, you know? And one of my heroes is uh, skip fry and every time he pulls into the parking lot, he gets out of his car and he walks around his car. He just does a lap. And just in his little area, he just picks up all the anything that he finds that is anything that can be trash. And he cleans up his little zone and then he puts it all in the trash or wherever he puts it in his car or in the trash can. And, and then he kind of gets ready and goes for a surf. I think that's so cool. What if every car that pulled in did that? Yeah, well, hopefully our listeners that are surfers or just beachgoers in general will follow and skip prize footsteps or and, and your footsteps and do their part to help the ocean. Because like you said, I think you said it really well, the ocean gives us so much. So that's great advice. And uh, for our listeners, when I post this podcast episode, I'll be linking to the Rob Machado Foundation website so you guys can check out what they're doing. If you live in the Southern California region, you can definitely get involved with them. And I'll also link to their social media accounts so you guys can give them a follow and uh, see what they're all about on there. So Rob, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Really enjoyed talking to you. And thank you also for all the positive things that you're doing for the ocean. Thank you for having me. It was a good time. You just heard Rob Machado, world-renowned professional surfing icon with a deep commitment to ocean stewardship. 
To learn more about the topics discussed in this podcast, visit my website at alisonrandolph.com and tune into next week's episode to hear another conversation between me and someone creating positive change for the ocean.